Welcome to the AJHP podcast series. The American Journal of Health System Pharmacy is the official journal of the American Society of Health System Pharmacists, an association of pharmacists committed to helping patients make the best use of medications. For more information about AJHP, please visit www.ajhp.org. Hello, this is William Zelmer. I'm a contributing editor of the American Journal of Health System Pharmacy, and I'm speaking with the author of an AJHP paper entitled, An In-House Authorization Center to Improve Reimbursement for Outpatient Chemotherapy Infusions. The author is Dr. Chatel Desai. She is director of the Clinical Authorization Center at the Norris Cancer Hospital, which is associated with the University of Southern California. And she's also assistant professor at the USC School of Pharmacy. Welcome, Dr. Desai. Thank you, Mr. Zellmer. I'm happy to be here. Well, why don't we start by um, having you tell our listeners a bit about the practice setting for this report. Just describe the basic framework for us of your practice setting. Sure. So USC Norris Cancer Hospital was, um, at the time that I came on board, which was July of 2007, it was a private 60-bed research and teaching hospital. It did provide on-site outpatient chemotherapy infusions, and they serviced between 20 to 45 patients daily. Our hospital payer mix was a combination of commercial payers as well as governmental payers, which primarily included Medicare. Well, and as you describe in the paper, in a setting such as yours, a large amount of patient care revenue can be lost if insurance company authorization is not obtained or if disputed claims are not examined thoroughly or if patient assistance programs are not used to their full potential. Now, as you looked into this situation at Norris, what was the estimated magnitude of unrecovered costs? Yeah. What was perplexing to the hospital administrators at Norris was enormity of claims that were falling into disputes. So they were either not being reimbursed on time or they were being put in a bucket called unreimbursable claims. And we were going back and forth trying to ascertain whether we were entitled to the reimbursement and if we were not trying to understand why we were not entitled to receiving reimbursement for certain services and therapies uh, with chemotherapy. Norris, on a monthly basis, averaged anywhere between 600000 to about a million dollars of money that was in this unrecoverable bucket. And it was on a monthly basis. So again, the numbers could fluctuate depending on the month. If we were successful recovering that reimbursement, obviously the numbers would go down. But on average, anywhere between 600000 to a million dollars monthly was in dispute. Wow, that's a very astonishing figure. Well, then you were hired to address this issue uh, as you looked into it. What were the major root causes of the lost revenue that you discovered? Right. So the hospital administrators brought me on board because the reason for these unpaid disputed chemotherapy claims was unclear to them. In my six-month analysis, uh, reviewing the claims, reviewing our process here, and trying to really establish a process for how we were obtaining these authorizations, it became very clear to me that approximately 40% of all of our chemotherapy infusions were not scheduled in advance. And because of that, we were not obtaining the appropriate clearance from each of the patient's third-party payers or obtaining treatment authorization before we were treating the patient. 
Did you find that there was a great deal of variability among the payers in this regard, or was this sort of a, a uniform problem across all payers? Yeah, this was actually a uniform problem across most of our commercial payers. There were some payers that were a little bit more lenient than others, but we did have issues with two primary payers, and they were the bulk of our commercial business, that we were having a hard time with these disputed claims. The authorizations also were being requested by non-clinical staff, so it was making it increasingly difficult for those personnel to speak the language of the third-party payer. In finding these issues, my department was established in order to address the authorization piece, as well as providing some clinical ownership around the authorization process. Just describe for us briefly the process that you implemented in your clinical authorization center. Absolutely. What we proposed initially was to obtain a pre-scheduled orders. So we, we wanted to get the orders ahead of time from the ordering physician. We requested that the orders come to us anywhere between three to five days before the physician would like to treat the patient. In many cases, this was difficult to really mandate. So we had to use a very soft approach with our oncologist here and encourage them that this was actually in order to improve patient quality of life as well as uh, patient satisfaction. We did not want the patient to come away with a bill for tens of thousands of dollars for product that they thought their insurance was going to provide. So this was enough incentive for our oncologists to begin to provide those order sets to us um, ahead of time. Then I proposed to the hospital administration that we hire a staff of nurses to staff the center and the nurses would be responsible for the day-to-day authorization requests to third-party payers. What really helped was these nurses could speak the language. They understood the clinical requirements that some of these insurance providers required, and they could also speak the clinical language with the oncologist as well as their nursing staff in order to obtain the right clinical information, the right medical documentation that they required in order to obtain an authorization. Is the staffing in its entirety yourself and the five nurses, or are there other folks uh, involved in the center? No, the staffing is primarily done by myself as a pharmacist, and then Mm -hmm. I have five nurses that work in the the center that do the day-to-day authorization requests. Now, as I um, understand it from a conversation we had earlier, you had uh, quite a bit of experience in managed care pharmacy before taking on this assignment at Norris. Could you Describe briefly your background before taking this position. Sure. So I have a managed care background. I'm a pharmacist by trade, but I did my specialty residency in managed care at a PBM known as Advanced Paradigm. It was located in Hunt Valley, Maryland. Today, Advanced Paradigm is CVS Caremark. Um, After completing my one-year residency, I moved back to Los Angeles, California, and I worked for WellPoint Pharmacy Management, and I managed the Blue Cross of California pharmacy account. So all of the pharmacy or clinical-related issues with Blue Cross were under my purview. I did that for about three years, and subsequent to that, I moved on to work for Caremark. And for about four and a half years with Caremark, I worked on the employer group accounts, managing the Fortune 500 accounts and any governmental accounts that Caremark had on the West Coast. Well, I assume uh, you found that that background, that experience, uh, put you in a pretty good spot to help Norris uh, solve this uh, major financial problem they were having. Absolutely. Understanding the payer system from inside out really helped me 
to hone in on the processes that were broken here at Norris and allowed me to implement the processes that needed to be implemented in order for us to secure these authorizations with these payers. One of the things that we also recommended in the proposal to implement was something called Pixis Connect. This allowed the doctors in the clinics to scan the orders indirectly to Pixis Scanner. And then we, on the opposite end, received the orders electronically. This greatly improved the overall timeliness of us obtaining the physician's orders in order to obtain an authorization through the insurance companies. This streamlined the process and also improved physician satisfaction because the orders were getting received much more readily than having to walk the orders over. What can you say about the financial results from this uh, program? And I'm particularly interested, I assume you know exactly what your costs are for this uh, added service. You know um, very closely what your added revenue is as a result of it. So what's the, the bottom line, so to speak? Sure. So one of the processes that we implemented was patient assistance programs. In the event that the insurance company upheld a denial and we were not able to secure an authorization for treatment, we would enroll the patients in what was called a patient assistance program. Um, every major manufacturer has a patient assistance program and has different qualifying criteria that patients have to meet in order to qualify uh, for the program. We were uh, we were appalled at how many of these denials were not being pursued for patient assistance. So one of the things that my department and the nurses did was we started to collect all the information on the patients that had been denied and that we were continuing to treat. So we were absorbing, the hospital was absorbing the cost of these high cost chemotherapy medications. In about two years, we were able to recover $1.4 million of drugs therapy through these patient assistance programs. Now, my department's overhead was somewhere just below half a million dollars in terms of salary and some of the capital that we required in order to run my department. So within two years, we were more than able to justify the, the cost that my department required in order to put this process in place as we were able to recover $1.4 million of drug therapy back to the hospital. Is there anything you can say about uh, this program from the patient's perspective? I have to assume that probably uh, many patients were seeing the benefits of this as, as well in terms of their experience being uh, treated at your center. But could you comment on that? We've actually talked to patients whom we have enrolled into our patient assistance program, and they are delighted that they don't have to make the decision whether you know they should receive treatment or not because they can't afford to or because their insurance company will not pay for it, this gave them another avenue to get the medications that they needed, to get the chemotherapy that they needed without having to make that kind of a financial decision. So our patients are extremely satisfied that they can get the chemotherapy, that they can continue to be treated here at Norris, and that they're getting this medication at no charge through the manufacturer program. Well, Dr. Desai, based on your experience, what advice do you have for others who may be considering the establishment of an in-house clinical authorization process similar to yours? You probably uh, learned a few lessons along the way. Yes, we did. One of the things that I really learned was to make the um, medical director at your facility kind of the stakeholder in the process, getting him in, involved and on board as quickly as possible. He is the one who made the biggest difference here at the hospital to get the other oncologists on board with the process. 
So really making the medical director a major stakeholder in the workflow changes and keeping him in the loop was one of the things that I found to be extremely beneficial and something that we probably should have done from the beginning, from from the start of this operational process. Dr. Desai, uh, thank you so much for speaking with me about your uh, important work and your AJHP paper, and congratulations on the success of what you're doing. It's really a, a wonderful story. Thank you very much, Mr. Zellmer, and thank you for this opportunity to speak about this process that we've been able to implement at USC Norris. Well, you're welcome. This is William Zellmer, a contributing editor of the American Journal of Health System Pharmacy. I've been speaking with Dr. Chatel Desai, who is with the Norris Cancer Center and the University of Southern California School of Pharmacy in Los Angeles about her paper in AJHP entitled An In-House Authorization Center to Improve Reimbursement for Outpatient Chemotherapy Infusions. That concludes this podcast. For more information, please visit www.ajhp.org.